Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Times 15 and Happy New Year. If you want to run with the Game Changers for another year, you are absolutely positively in the right place. Hope everybody had a great New Year's holiday celebration. Hope you all took some time off. And now what are we going to do today? Well, if you're wishing and hoping, dreaming and praying for a real-time crystal ball to get a sneak peek into what 2018 could bring for your company, your industry, and the world, stay tuned for the next hour because we've got what we think is the next best thing. This is part three of our annual prediction special. We have two more weeks coming up and two weeks behind us in December. We're bringing you insights and predictions from more than 70, that's seven zero thought leaders, sharing what I like to call predictions on steroids about the technologies, the strategies, and the trends that can help you grow and compete better this year and far into the future. So I have 15 guests live. Lined up, four of them are on the line already. Let me just quickly read a quote about the future to get the get this all set up. The future will be better tomorrow. That's a quote from Dan Quayle. We can only hope he's right. And the future is much like the present, only longer. That's Dan Quisenberry. So let me tell you who's up in the first segment here. Uh, very briefly, we're going to be speaking with Ven Gresso's Chief Learning Officer, Bryn Tillman. She's an internationally recognized social selling trainer and Amazon bestselling author of the LinkedIn Sales Play book, A Tactical Guide to Social Selling. Joining her is Rasmus Neeland, Vice President, Life Sciences and General Manager, International Operations at NNITAS. He founded Herax, H-E-R-A-X Methods, a clinical IT consultancy, and served as CEO at Pipeline Biotech. Joining them is Tiago Bala, Deloitte Consulting Senior Manager. He has over 20 years of business and IT consulting experience. He focuses on business planning, consolidation, and financial transformation projects. And rounding out these, this segment, Robert Kugel. We're being very formal in the new year. He told me to call him Robert instead of Rob. He heads up the CFO and business research section at Ventana Research, focusing on the intersection of information technology with the finance organization and business. He was an institutional investor, All-American team member, and on the Wall Street Journal All-Star list. Welcome to the four of you. Bryn Tillman, you're up. Welcome. Happy New Year. And Bryn, we're ready to hit the ground running. What are your predictions for 2018, Bryn? Ah, hi, Bonnie. Happy New Year. So my first prediction is the lines between marketing and sales are going to become really blurred. Social selling is forcing this breakdown of silos. Like we've always seen marketing and sales sort of, you know, in their own silo and kind of uh, at odds, even though they should be working together. But I think going forward, and we've seen it coming, them coming together more and more over the last few years that the lines are going to be completely blurred and producers are going to become more and more responsible for helping to create the relevant content that helps their deals move through the sales cycle. I think it, it, the content is going to go beyond features and benefits, even beyond how-tos and tactical content. And I think it, the content that we're going to start seeing is going to be twofold. One, content that's going to get the prospects thinking differently about their current situation and company and industry. 
And where I think the producers are really going to have a say is they're going to be doing a lot more interactive content, bringing their prospects into the conversation, using interview blogs and uh, other podcasts and webinars and, and really spending time uh, working and talking with, with industry experts and their prospects to develop content. And then marketing is going to help sales really put it together in a form that will attract other people similar to those prospects. Interesting. Interactive interview blogs. Just briefly, tell me a little more about that, Brian. I'm fascinated. What is that? Yeah, so I'm really excited about this. And, and we've been talking to a lot of clients about implementing this. And, and um, our CEO, Mario Martinez, does this. And our chief marketing officer, Bernie Borges, does a lot of this. We will bring in thought leaders that are also prospects, right? So we're going to uh, interview and bring out some of the most brilliant minds in a specific industry or a specific topic that it does a lot of things. Number one, we start to build relationships with them in a non-sales way. And it's in a way that really... um, promotes them as a subject matter expert. We can learn about them and start to build real relationships, and it has nothing to do with sales uh, Mm -hmm. and us selling to them, but it's about really getting to know them and building a warm relationship. Thank you, Bryn. That's a very, very exciting start. I want to move to our second guest. I want to give everybody plenty of time. Rasmus Neeland at NAIT. Rasmus, we'd love to hear your predictions. What have you got for us? First of all, Happy New Year, Bonnie, and thank you very thank much. Thank you. Here. 18 is, is uh, in the pharmaceutical industry and, and the intersection between technology and, and the pharmaceutical industry. Then 18 is going to be a year of data liberation. And what is data liberation? That is uh, basically the goal to make it easier for, for users to, to move data in and out of their system. And there are basically two major trends driving that forward. Um, first of all, the most powerful agency in, in the world, the FDA, they're going to uh, uh, public their information technology strategy. It was supposed to go out uh, on the 23rd or 31st of December 17, uh, so we're still waiting for it. And that is going to have a huge impact on the pharmaceutical industry and the use of, of technology. First of all, focusing on the patient safety. And then we're gonna we're gonna see how how the identification of medicinal products or the IDMP is gonna move on now that EMA has moved uh, due to the Brexit. Then it's gonna be interesting to see uh, how FDA what is their take on that? What are their deadlines? Will they issue a, a warranty period starting Q2 this year? And that is gonna have major impact on all the source system. Uh, residing at the pharmaceutical industry. Then it's also the year where FDA is going to take the first stand on the use of real-world evidence. Uh, So they are going to have some uh, workshops during the year where they're going to look into the benefits, the uh, methods, and the the downsides to using real-world evidence. And why is that so interesting? That is interesting because that's part of the data from wearables and the IoT and the use of these data in the submission to the authority. And that leads me to the the second trend uh, moving forward, this data liberation. And that is basically uh, the battle between the tech giants and the pharmaceutical industry. Because after the biotechnological revolution of the 
pharmaceutical industry, then we are now looking into the digital revolution, where the whole pharmaceutical uh, value chain is going to be challenged. And the big five are all there. Google are looking very much into the research. They have a very lie with more than 500 employees. They are working closely together with Biogen and GSK. Amazon, you know, they are looking into revolutionizing the distribution and with their different personal uh, assistants, digital assistants, then, then the thought of having your own personal doctor at home is not far away. And then Apple, they are the master on the patient and disease management. Actually, right now they claim that the Apple Watch is the world's biggest heart rate monitor tool today. Uh, mm. Facebook have access to more than uh, more personal information than any other tech giant, and Microsoft is looking into the hospital industry. So Rasmus, I want to stop you. This is great stuff. I've been taking notes. I've been tweeting everything you said. I, we, we might have time for more, but thank you. I need to move to yeah, no Tiago Bala at Deloitte Consulting. Tiago, I know you're back. Tiago, let's hear what you have to say. Thank you, Bonnie. Happy New Year. Same. So for 2018, um, I strongly feel that I'm going to combine two technologies together. Uh, the first one is RPA, or a robotic process automation, along with cognitive computing. So what does it actually mean? When I say robots, it does not really mean about a robots we've already seen in the past working in assembly line or automobile makers. This is actually more about small software programs planned or perform repeatable tasks for us. And how does it actually make a big difference? It's similar to as what human beings does. So it can actually interact with any type of application. Uh, on any typical day, we go online, we get on the laptop, you work on a PowerPoint, you work on a legacy application or SAP, or it could be any different type of application. Even sometimes we scrap data from social media websites, um, <clears throat> journals or a blogs, whatever it could be. So those are small bots programs which can go after different application and seamlessly can interact with many different type of application. It makes a huge difference when it comes to data. Um, if you're looking at this one, CFOs are commonly right now looking to automate more process so that they can have their manpower really focus on mission critical activities, right? so they can really increase the productivity rather than actually working on the same thing over and over. So that is the, one of the key things. Now, if you look at this one, at present, this has been adapted only primarily by health insurance, uh, financial industries, as more geared towards transactional processing. However, when you actually combine this RPA along with cognitive analysis, what does it mean? It's actually giving the ability for the programs to act like a human, make business decisions on the fly. You take any type of organization or a business processes, um, yes, customer program or a support program, what Avelia does, you are doing an advanced payments, for instance. You may actually go and look for the payments on some criteria. You will say, I want to write two checks instead of one. So those are the business decisions we are human is actually making. Now, these bots are capable of making the business decisions for the human beings. So that makes a huge difference in here. It should not be really considered like more like a transactional processing or a purely only a repeatable task. 
when in combining those along with your business processes and also rule based decision supporting system that's a very very truly a game changer for 2018 thank what you tiago pleasure that point go ahead one more one more go ahead yeah yeah so how do you know really know um, when is the right time for any organization to actually do it if you see in any organization do you have many people using excel spreadsheet um, are you spending a lot of time on data reconciliation are you spending a lot of time on the same thing over and over so those areas are the areas where we can really automate this whole process and increase the overall employee productivity and we are seeing a huge trend in the last few years starting like a 5 to 10% last year has been 25% industry is starting to adapt now so definitely i truly believe that's going to be a game changer in 2018 thank you tiago terrific and rob kugel i saved two and a half minutes for you it's all yours rob go ahead robert yes and happy new year to you bonnie thank um, you well, Uh, Let me start with two. Uh, Just like last year, my number one prediction for 2018 is about blockchain technology. Now, Mm -hmm. today, most people think blockchains are the same as Bitcoin, which, which of course, they're not. And my prediction is is that by the end of this year, we won't have to explain that blockchains aren't Bitcoin anymore because business uses um, of, of blockchain will be multiplying at an accelerated pace this year. Almost all major business software vendors have a blockchain strategy that they're working through now. Uh, there, are almost an, there are almost an infinite number of ways of putting blockchain technology to practical use. It's not just cryptocurrency. There's a lot of really humdrum business stuff um, that uh, is made a whole lot easier using blockchain. So one broad application is in something called smart contracts, where the terms of agreement between the buyer and the seller are stored in a distributed, decentralized blockchain network. Um, and that, uh, not to go into the details, really simplifies things uh, and makes them secure. Uh, blockchain technology can support most of the commerce that's now handled by uh, proprietary electronic data interchange or EDI services with, um, with, with something that's going to be you know, free or much lower cost services. And blockchains can make legacy banks competitive with their upstart fintech competitors in remittances and in uh, trade finance uh, and other products by slashing the cost of, of, of doing those kinds of transactions. And it's not just for B2B transactions. Uh, Cargill uh, recently experimented with a food provenance blockchain that gives consumers information about the where, where the turkey that they just bought was raised, how it got to their table, and it can even give them photographs and comments from the farmers. Although, for me, that last bit is really too much information. Um, my uh, second prediction uh, is uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning will continue to be very hot topics for the software industry in 2018. But like another famous topic, most people will be talking about it and very few will actually be doing it. Um, artificial intelligence and machine learning are already in use, extensively in use in, in accounting and in, uh, in forms like automating reconciliations, matching in, in, invoices, um, and uh, even going through and reviewing leases. Um, AI and machine learning, uh, uh, those are going to be longer term a uh, major factor in reducing accounting workloads by uh, at least a third over the next eight to ten years. Um, so, you know, the longer term import is I think everybody in the accounting profession and certainly anyone getting into uh, accounting now uh, should understand that their future employability uh, will depend very heavily on having skills and an attitude that embraces the changes that are coming. 
Rob, thank you very much. That's all very exciting. I love the fact that you say that we won't have to explain that blockchain is not the same as Bitcoin. I didn't know people had that confusion, but maybe it's because they both start with B. Who knows? Uh, I'm going to go around the table quickly. I need a one-word answer from each of you. What was your favorite drink over the holiday? Let's start with Bryn. Bryn, what were you drinking that was delicious? Tell me fast. Uh, Pina coladas on my cruise. Ah, I like the cruise part of the drink. And Rasmus Nealon, what were you drinking over the holidays? Champagne. Nice. Me too. Tiago, what was in your cup over the holidays? We were in Mexico, so I've been like binging on margaritas. All right. We got some exotic drinks there. And Mr. Kugel, what were you drinking over the holidays? Uh, Champagne and a cup of kindness. Oh, I like that. You're my champion. Thank you to the four of you, Bryn Tillman, Rasmus Nealon, Tiago Bala. A shout out to Carla Neela Deloitte, of course, and Robert Kugel. Happy New Year. Delighted to have you on. We're going to drop your lines, take a 90-second break, and pick up our next set of guests. This is Predictions on Steroids 2018. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back. You don't want to go away. You know that. Aaron out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com follow the voice america talk radio network on twitter we're at voice america trn you'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and general happenings that you should know about at the voice america talk radio network now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office just go to twitter.com forward slash voice america trn or follow along with us at voice america trn the voice america talk radio network We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. 
Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, indeed. We're back with our next lineup of four spectacular predictors. We've got Owen Pettiford, who works for Back Office Associates as the lead for their digital transformation practice. He's recently focused on moving clients to SAP S4HANA and how to best extend SAP using SAP Cloud Platform. Joining him in this segment is Brian W. Matamore. I always remember the W because I'm Bonnie D. He's the co-founder and chief idea guy. What a great time. At the Growth Engine Company, Brian has written three business books on ideation and innovation processing, including Idea Stormers, How to Lead and Inspire Creative Breakthroughs, and a book that I read, 21 Days to a Big Idea. Joining them is Seth Marlowe, Senior VP, Treasury Solutions Consultant and Treasury Insights Leader with Wells Fargo. He has a unique perspective developed from more than 20 years as a practitioner with companies including GE, Danone, and PepsiCo, as well as consulting for EY and rounding out the panel at Phillips Lighting we have Suzanne Seitinger she's responsible for Smart Cities and by the way Suzanne the Smart Cities series is renewing for next year this year we're very happy about that that leverage digital lighting that's LEDs to create safe inviting and responsive urban environments her background includes architecture urban planning human computer interaction research and design projects including the digital mile in Zaragoza Spain there we go Mr. Owen Pettiford, Happy New Year. And Owen, two minutes. What are your predictions? Go ahead. Oh, thank you, Bonnie. Um, so my, my first prediction is, um, and this came from a friend of mine I was discussing over uh, Christmas, is that the Internet of Things will become the Internet of something. So I think it's more um, we're going to see people expecting um, you know, what we've called smart devices just becoming devices with the expectation that they are connected and they do offer some value-adding um, services. I was speaking to a utility provider, um, and they were talking about moving from uh, selling people gas and electricity to selling them um, temperature in their house. So the outcome mm. is, I'm going to keep your house at this temperature, and then we get that stuff through. So I think I think the Internet of Things will uh, will continue to rise. Um, I think the thing that will crash next year is, or sorry, this year will be blockchain. Sorry, not blockchain. Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin will crash, but blockchain will rise. Um, I was listening to the, the earlier segment. Um, I think we'll see more tangible um, use cases for the use of blockchain uh, with a sustainable business model that sits behind them. So things like the smart um, smart contracts in, increasing the, um, the ease with which we can do um, commerce between organizations electronically and also the um, uh, things like uh, maintenance records for safety critical systems uh, will be things where we'll see those applications. So whilst blockchain has been associated with cryptocurrencies, I think we'll see much more usage of it elsewhere. Um, and then rounding out for my third prediction is that we will see uh, machine learning um, applied to business applications. So I think we'll see real, um, real examples of where machine learning is being used. But we probably won't even know it's being used in those examples. So we'll see automation levels just increase because instead of it being dumb uh, binary logic uh, behind the scenes in terms of algorithms, they can learn um, and they can do things that we would normally normally expect. Mm. So I think the sort of boring, repetitive tasks that I see people doing around organizations um, where, we can, where, where they can be handed off to, to, um, to the computers to be doing that boring task and they can be doing that value add. I think the previous segment we heard about people in the accounting profession moving from you know, entering data to actually being able to analyze and add value I think we'll see machine learning in help desks. Uh, we'll see in terms of product recommendations. And it will also link back to my first point about the Internet of Things. There'll be so much data coming from these 
smart assists, smart um, things that will need machine learning to be able to uh, filter and process that data in a way that adds value. Um, and I think we'll also see machine learning starting to impact the healthcare industry as well. So they're my three predictions uh, for 2018. Thank you very much, Owen. Brian, we're ready for you. Mr. Matamor, it's all yours. Two minutes. Well, thanks, Bonnie. I'm, I'm going to talk from personal experience. Uh, yeah, and this uh, sort of reverberates with the quote, uh, the future's already here. It's just not widely distributed. Uh, 2017 for my innovation agency was really about creative partnering. And I'm sharing that because I think it's something that's going to explode. So what is that? I mean, we partnered with technology futurists. We partnered with an advertising strategist, an educational institution, an organizational psychologist. Why? It was to create new products and services that we're not currently offering. Why do we do that? Because it's harder and harder to sell basic services. And our clients Mm. wanted things unique. It's tough to get through unless you have something unique to sell. And then from a very, very pragmatic standpoint, does what? It doubles the amount of people you can call on. So I do think um, this creative partnering is going to be a big deal, even bigger in 2018. And this is both internal and external. So if you're at a large corporation, um, we found, we we did a session between uh, eight divisions of a financial services company. Um, They were looking for ways to cross-sell, and they generated uh, $72 million in new sales. So that was an example of internal uh, cross-selling, if you were partnering. Mm. Another one was um, externally. We had a food client who could not um, get their stuff into Walmart in, in as big a way as they thought they should. We did a joint ideation session between the client and the Walmart buyer, and two of those products are going to be launching uh, very soon. So um, these, these are all examples of the power of creative partnering. Another one was we partnered with, with Caltech, and, the, uh, and we got an ex-R&D uh, director from GE, and we worked with their R&D departments to come up with white space opportunities. So these are all projects that we would not have had, but that happened because of this creative partnering. So for your listeners out there, I think if they can ideate together, uh, teach together, sell together new technologies, new services, new business models, I think they're going to find that their business could expand. And um, the last thing I would say is from a networking standpoint, if you're a part of a networking group, forget about referrals. Go in there and work together to create something new. It'll be more fun and it'll be more interesting, and uh, you'll continue the learning process. I love it. Thank you, Brian. Very inspirational, as always. Mr. Seth Marlowe, you are up next. Seth at Wells Fargo, welcome, and what are your predictions? Thank you, Bonnie. So great to be back with you. So a bunch of things. First of all, I want to I take a, a second on that partnering concept. I think one of the interesting things we're going to see in 2018, thanks to mergers that we saw here in 2017, like uh, Aetna and CVS, I think we're going to see a lot of mergers that no one would have expected a few years ago. So that's, I'll call that prediction zero because I wasn't on my, on my plan. Um, the first prediction is, is that identity management will become a real super hot topic, uh, whether it's from the perspective of uh, preventing fraud. I mean, fraud was uh, an over a billion dollar uh, problem in the way of things like in imposter fraud scams uh, across the world, and, and that is only growing. And, um, you know, being able to identify both uh, humans uh, as well as corporations, legal entities, and so on. And I think it's, it's one of those many use cases in the blockchain world. And uh, there are a few countries that have actually gotten into this. Estonia has got digital IDs for all of, uh, all of their citizens, and they're quite astonished that the rest of the world hasn't caught up to uh, little them. 
Um, second prediction is that uh, voice-enabled digital assistants are actually going to make the way into the corporate office. So uh, in addition to the laptop and phone, I see the, uh, whether it's an Amazon Dot or some other device, um, I believe that that's going to become standard equipment in the office, and I see that those, those, uh, those uh, tools having skills added that will allow them to be able to connect to ERP systems like SAP Oracle and, and uh, others that are out there. The third, and, and I'm going to categorize this broadly as simplification, and I see this as a year of simplification. Um, interesting stat from uh, the Global Simplicity Index uh, that did a study in 2017. Brands are leaving some $86 billion on the table when they're not simplifying, and the kinds of things that can be simplified run the gamut. I think one of the biggest is pricing and pricing models. I expect to see subscription pricing, not just on the consumer side, but starting to be much a much bigger thing in the B2B space. And then the very last piece of that is uh, robotic process automation, simplifying the back office, getting the analyst level folks in finance and treasury to actually being able to be analytical, leverage the big data that's out there. And um, that wraps up my, uh, my three, three and a half things. <laughs> Thank you. Wonderful. Very exciting. You're the first one, I think, to mention simplification. So appreciate it. And now we want to shine the light on Phillips Lighting with Suzanne Seiton. Mm-hmm. Suzanne, we'd love to hear your predictions. Anything going on with smart cities? Tell me. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Bonnie. Um, well, the first one, I want to take a broader perspective, um, kind of more political, too. Um, I think cities and states are going to continue to lead the way on climate change and energy conservation. You know, hundreds of mayors have signed up for the We Are Still In group, for example, and 13 states have signed up for the U.S. Climate Alliance. You've got New York, Washington, California leading the way to counterbalance the federal government's decision to pull out of the Paris Agreement. Mm-hmm. What you also see is private sector actors really staying focused on climate change. So what I think we'll see is this effective change being driven from a local level, but that will have national and global impact. And, you know, LED lighting can contribute to that, we're going to see a reduction of the total energy usage of lighting, which today is around 15%, continue to head down towards where we think it'll be at about 8%, say, in the next 10 years or so. So that's my first one, is on climate change and energy conservation programs. The second one, I think, relates back to, to Owen's first comment on the Internet of Things. I think we'll see smarter connections, and I think what we see is how the Internet of Things really is a composite of things that stack up, from smart homes connecting with smart buildings, delivering smart neighborhoods, which will add up to smart cities. It's a, it's a cumulative effect that we're seeing, which leads to my third prediction, which is that City leaders will start to see how ubiquitous infrastructures like street lighting will actually enable the Internet of Things. So we're going to get more usable data about air quality, traffic flows, microclimates, and more really coming in from the field at a much more um, significant scale. And that's what's going to allow us to really provide that big promise um, around using our infrastructures more effectively and revealing these hidden insights about how people are actually interacting with their urban environments. I think that means it's not really about unlocking more resources anymore. It's really about 
sort of channeling the right resources to fulfill citizens' needs. It's going to be the year of the citizen in smart cities. And that means that we're going to find new metrics coming to the fore around energy savings, economic activity, public safety, nighttime economies, aesthetic qualities of place, all those things that really will drive people to experience, you know, brighter uh, environment and a better world in, in 2018. That's my hope, ending on a positive note. I love the positivity there. Thank you so much. I have a quick question for each of you. One word answer. Owen, what was your favorite drink over the holidays? It was a drink called Botanique, which is a non-alcoholic champagne substitute. Sounds delightful. Brian Mattimore, what was in your cup over the holidays? Well, I'm also a quote told her I, I actually had Bigelow Benefits Berry Tea. It's delicious. <laughs> Sounds delicious, too. Seth Marlowe, what were you drinking? Um, I was drinking the Bob Muller Special, also known as a Moscow Mule. <laughs> I hope it was in a beautiful copper mug. I won't say anything else. And, okay, there you go. I did my shopping. And Suzanne Seitinger, what were you drinking? Well, since I'm still nursing, that's my reason for teetotaling. I've been having virgin virgin eggnog over the last two weeks. Oh, nice. And that reminds me, I had way too much eggnog, virgin or not. It was fantastic. No rum, just right out of the carton. It was a treat. Haven't done it in years. I want to thank the four of you. Thank you so much, Owen, Brian, Seth, Suzanne. Have a great, great year. Hoping to hear from you all on upcoming SAP Game Changers radio shows. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for just 90 seconds. Don't go away. We've got four more people waiting in the wings. A lot more predictions coming. So, Aaron, let's go out. business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com follow the voice america talk radio network on twitter we're at voice america trn you'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and general happenings that you should know about at the voice america talk radio network now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office just go to twitter.com forward slash voice america trn or follow along with us at voice america trn the voice america talk radio network We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. 
And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Indeed. We're having so much fun, we're running late, so we're going to see if we can compress these a little bit. This segment I have four more wonderful future-looking prediction folks. We have Annie Mew Hayward, who joined SAP in 2012 to innovate customer experience at the Silicon Valley's Executive Briefing Center. We have Ron Shell, who is the Director of Business Systems EAM at Metropolitan Utilities District. We have Bill Newman. North America Strategic Industry Advisor at SAP, supporting SAP North America Automotive and Discrete Industry Customers and Co-Innovation Programs. And rounding out this segment is Mike Lackey, VP of Solution Management, LOB Manufacturing at SAP Labs, who joined SAP in 2008 through the acquisition of Visaprize. Welcome to all four of you. So happy to have you, and Happy New Year. Annie Hayward, you're up first. I can give you exactly two minutes for predictions. Go ahead, Annie. Happy New Year to you, Bonnie. Can you hear me okay? Thank you. Yes, I can. Great, and Happy New Year to all the listeners from, from around the world. So my prediction is, and I've heard the show so far, it's been a great show, I think we'll see the next iteration of, um, I think, what the killer app would be for blockchain. We've heard a lot about industries and, um, I would say, bank, um, banking industries and financial companies taking advantage of that platform. But I also think there's, <clears throat> it, there will be an, an, an interesting aspect for the blockchain in terms of fraud prevention. We know that money gets laundered from around the world. So from a crime-fighting, crime-solving um, perspective, I'm hoping that blockchain will, will help us make some inroads there. Um, my next one is what um, I guess we're now calling it GUI, like the GUI, which is the voice recognition user interface. Um, we're now all familiar with how we use Siri and Alexa to get things done, and I'm looking forward to doing more with that. And I heard one of the earlier panelists that it will come into the enterprise as well as so in companies. Imagine just talking to a speaker and say, show me the financials from the last three quarters without me having to type in a whole bunch of things. So looking forward to that. And I think the last thing I want to talk about is really a prediction I have. It's not so much technology, but maybe policies. I think all of us have uh, seen what the Need to movement has uh, triggered in the last couple of months. And mm-hmm. I think the tech industry definitely um, have also room for improvement in terms of looking, I'm looking forward to more female fa- um, funded, uh, founding companies getting more funding and on an equal playing field. And those are my three predictions. Thank you. I like that a lot. Good focus, and thanks for your last comment as well. Ron Shell, Metropolitan Utilities District, we'd love to have your predictions. Go ahead, Ron. Hey, thank you for having me, Bonnie. It's great to be back on Game Changers. Pleasure. Um, my three predictions for this year really got to start with mobility since that's my primary function, and that's not just for the workforce that I have, getting more things in the hands of my, you know, my utility users and the people using our products trying to find pipe, whether it's valves, you know, electrical, gas, water, whatever it may be trying to make sure my field personnel have all the information they can have or need, you know, whether it be GIS, whether it be SAP, whether it may be at their fingertips so they can make good informed decisions so they can make the right decisions. But the other thing kind of coming down the pipe is our consumers. As our consumers move away from more paper to paperless, I always try to drag my parents into the conversation because they're, you know, a little older, they're in their upper 60s, lower 70s, and how they're going away from paperless and the knowledge that I still got my consumers out there that really we can't make assumptions that they know how to use all these smart devices and these smartphones and these watches now that everybody's getting. That I got to make sure that can I train them? Can I make it easy for them? Can I make it? 
kind of, you know, predictable that they know how to use these products and get the things they need. That's one of the things they got to do. And when I use them, I also got it with customer engagement. And with that comes training, letting them know how to use our websites, letting them know how to use the devices, let them know how to pay, how to, you know, get the information they want, whether it's now smart metering or things like that, what information they want, what, what do they really want to have in their hands. And then the final thing in my area is predictive analytics. As I get more and more data in my system, more and more data information, what can I use and how can I predict whether a pump is going to need sooner maintenance or whether it needs to get replaced, whether switches, whether anything like that, how can I predict anything in the future? How can I help myself save my customer money? Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about, saving my customers and consumers money. Thank you. Well, everybody loves to hear that, Ron. Why wouldn't that be the most popular one we've heard so far? Thank you very much. Bill Newman, I want to say, Vroom, what's new in automotive for 2018? Bill, you got two minutes. They're all yours. Hey, Vroom, Bonnie, and Happy New Year to you and all your listeners. I'm sorry I'm not going to put any money in people's pockets, but let's talk about some cool things that are going in in automotive. So um, the big three, we're going to see an acceleration on what we're calling CASE. Some people call it ACES, so Connected Autonomous Shared Electric. I'm going to put a big emphasis for 2018 on electric. Uh, we've seen a lot of people produce electric cars. Of course, everybody knows about Tesla, a lot of vehicle platforms, and other of the large brands. But this is the year where people get really serious about it. Uh, the EU, China, and even India have made some pretty bold statements about what composition of vehicle products they want to have for 2025, 2030, and the gap is massive. So everybody's going to be shifting to really make those products available and put them in the hands of people. Um, the second second topic I want to focus on is the continuing blurring of automotive. And two aspects to this. The $1.5 trillion worth of digital services that are people are going to run out of their cars, whether it's you know, the pin to VIN blockchain where I get into a vehicle, it's shared, it knows who I am, it sets my audio and my seat settings, it loads my wallet, and I can purchase vehicles. I'm hopping out in two hours and I'm jumping into another vehicle. That stuff's going to get pretty real pretty fast, and we're already seeing people starting to uh, to pilot and prototype what that what that solution architecture begins to look like in the car. The other area is going to be an aftermarket. We see a real emergence of what we're calling the new aftermarket with digital and electrified products for aftermarket. So it's not just, I'm taking a part, I'm putting it on my car, it's going to make it look sexier, it's going to make it perform better, but it's actually going to add information. And and uh, we're working with companies like, um, uh, like Vehicle Diagnostics and Services Provider, Mojio, as actually a tier two uh, supplier to the automotive space, which is a really cool uh, opportunity, I think, for SAP. And then finally, while all this is going on, companies still have to run their business, and it's going to be this whole aspect of mode one, mode two, where two is the new stuff and mode one is the stuff that we're doing today, and really making that a case for operational excellence, really focus on making what we're doing in the current world, function very efficiently. Uh, we heard some of the, the earlier segments key on things like machine learning and artificial intelligence to do some of the mundane tasks like uh, basic accounting, uh, basic decision-making, um, talent pre-sorting, those kinds of things. And that's, that's what companies are going to need to do so that they can put 
their focused attention and their focused innovations into the new world while still keeping um, the arms and legs running in the in, in the current world. So those are my big three, Bonnie, for 2018. Thank you, Bill Newman. Love it. And Mike Lackey, I saved two minutes for you. It's all yours. Go ahead, Mike. You got it. Thanks, Bonnie. Happy New Year to you and to our listeners. It was Thank in November, you. I was the pleasure of speaking at the World Manufacturing Forum in Monterey, Mexico, which brought the government, the academia, and business together. And there was three topics that kept coming up. Um, and I really think that that was a sign of what we can expect in 2018. The one of them is we're going to see the advancement of this of a thing called the micro factory. We've been talking about near, nearshoring and bringing manufacturing closer to the customer. I think that's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen rapidly here in 2018. But it's going to be this thing called the micro factories. They're going to be smaller. They're going to be built on agility, not capacity. Um, they're going to bring it the ability to have intelligence and flexibility in their processes. Uh, and they're really going to be responsive. As Amazon tries to deliver product to you in six hours, well, you know, that sets the whole supply chain in action, and we've got to be able to respond from a manufacturing standpoint. So I love this idea of the advancement of the micro factory. Another big part is this is the workers. We continue to look, are we educating the right workers for the next generation of manufacturing? Uh, and that's a big topic on academia's top um, uh, plate here. And I really think that's happening. Uh, we're seeing more and more platforms or uh, curriculums be built around this. And as this new gig economy that everybody's talking about, what does it mean for the worker? I think our workers are going to get intelligence. I think we're going to see uh, a new foray of workers into the workforce to address the manufacturing needs. And I stated it last year, and I still love it. I love this additive manufacturing. It changes everything in the supply chain with the advancements in polymetric and metal powders that support additive manufacturing. I think we're going to see 3D printing move from prototyping um, into MRO and then into production here in 2018. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And for the four of you, quickly tell me what was your favorite beverage over the holiday. One word. Annie, what were you drinking? You know me, my Hong Kong style milk tea. Wonderful. Sounds warm and delicious. Ron Shell, what were you drinking at the MUD? Uh, code Red Mountain Dew. All right. <laughs> Anything with red is going to be my favorite for this year. I have to try that. Bill Newman, what was in your cup over the holidays? Yeah, so you and your listeners know that we uh, we do a holiday Irish cream. We stepped out yes. and did a bourbon cream, which was amazing this oh, year. Oh, time to send me the recipe. You know where to find me, dear. And Mike Lackey, what was in your cup? One word, bourbon. All right. Well, you and Bill needed to get together, Irish cream or not. Thank you to Annie. Thank you to Ron. Thank you to Bill. And thank you to Mike. And you know what? We're not going to take a break because rumor has it that my next three guests are already on the line. We're running late. I want to give them some time. So thank you to Annie, Ron, Bill, and Mike. We're going to drop your lines, and I'm going to immediately welcome my next three panelists to round out this prediction special part three. Ben Zimmerman at EY Alliances, Patrick Hickey at Jump Analytics, and Peter Ebert at Crypto Work Corp. So, gentlemen, Happy New Year and welcome. Let me give a quick bio here. Ben Zimmerman is a partner in the advisory services practice of Ernst & Young, LLP. Patrick Hickey, P-E-N-G, partner, Jump Analytics, helps companies improve business through analytics, cloud innovation, and enterprise performance management. And Peter Ebert, Senior VP Business Development and Sales at CryptoWorks, is a CryptoWork, W-E-R-K, is an accomplished cloud software en- executive. 
Patrick Hickey, you're up. We're waiting for Ben to unmute. Go ahead, Patrick. Welcome, and what are your predictions? Okay. Well, first of all, Happy New Year, Bonnie, and uh, Happy Thank New Year to you. all the listeners. Um, my crystal ball prediction will be the mainstream adoption of predictive analytics into the financial planning and forecasting cycle. Now, predictive concepts themselves have been around for a while, um, and yet only the most leading-edge firms are incorporating predictive analytics into the planning and forecasting cycle. And the reality is that most firms today are still dependent on the manual input of data for data from us biased humans uh, to support the planning and forecasting processes. And uh, I really see the tipping point beginning in 2018 and, and, and maybe fully happening by 2020 in that most companies will be using data to support more accurate and efficient plans to drive the decision-making processes around their businesses. And, and there's really a couple of reasons for this, um, one of which is that the availability of data today is massive. So companies have invested billions in big expense items like ERP, operational technology from plant equipment, uh, point-of-sale systems, information services, and the data now is large enough to be statistically relevant to make accurate predictions on an organization's financial plan. So data availability is no longer the excuse not to do this. However, all of this data doesn't necessarily mean it's being put to good use by most firms. And, and that really brings us to the second changing factor, which is culture. And the, the culture is changing across organizations thanks to those, those damn millennials. And I term this factor the, the money ball factor for those familiar with Michael Lewis's book on baseball, Moneyball. And, and just quickly, for those not familiar, the thesis of the book is really simple, is that decisions around player selection are best made by crunching, crunching statistics on a player's past performance to predict their future performance and not by some gray-haired career baseball scout who could, you know, determine a good baseball player just by the look of them. Now, baseball is one of those rare sports where you have enough statistically relevant data to make decisions with, and, and guess what? The statisticians, statisticians have won out, and today most Major League Baseball organizations have a team of millennials crunching the numbers to support drafting, trade, and player decisions. And, and the, mini, the millennials have really arrived at most companies, and they are bringing that moneyball attitude into decision-making and the financial planning process. Apparently, data and statistics are a better predictor than us gray hairs with a feel for the business. (laughs) Patrick, on that note, I'm going to have to thank you and bring in Ben Zimmerman because we are very tight on time. Ben Zimmerman, EY Alliances, you're up. Keep it to about a minute and a half. We're really tight. Go ahead, Ben, and Happy New Year. Will do. Thank you, Bonnie. It is a pleasure Mm -hmm. to be here, as always, on Game Changers. I have uh, three predictions I'm looking forward to sharing, and so let me hit those. Fast. First is continued momentum in the digital space, we are going to see millions enter the digital workforce, and it's going to create a pressure on companies to transform legacy process in order to keep up. And I think the interesting piece here is an absence of regulations as they're evolving. Companies are going to face headwinds as regulations start to evolve and come down the pipe, and it's really going to boil down to reputational risk. So second prediction, artificial intelligence. Uh, I'm not talking about the Terminator movie series. However, I am talking about increased momentum in cognitive learning from machines and the impact on the workforce. 
In 2018, I don't expect to see major changes in the workforce. However, we do expect to see enhanced and supplemented decision-making on, on basic computations. So looking forward to seeing how that evolves in the future. And my third prediction, Bonnie, is really back to the basics. You know, as companies look at risk in 2018 and beyond, companies that continue success are going to be able to scan the digital horizon in a simple manner, identify, manage, and respond to risk. And this is going to change how companies think about risk, and it's going back to creating that risk-aware organization that focuses on enterprise-wide level risk versus that traditional departmentalized risk department by department. Thank so you, Ben. I'm going to thank you. Those, those were wonderful. Predictions. Don't want to cut you off, Peter Ebert. I saved 90 seconds for you. They're all yours. Hit it. Thank you. Happy New Year, uh, Bonnie. Thank and you. And I'm going to talk about the huge demand for unhackable data. We heard a lot about the need for data everywhere. We heard about predictive analytics, and we just heard about the, the importance of risk-averse uh, um, um, processes and uh, solutions. And we are going to see blockchain solutions that are uh, going to solve a lot of these uh, problems in terms of temper-proofing data. Uh, we heard about uh, the, the loss of 3 billion user data last year by Yahoo and others, and uh, the enterprises depend in increasingly on data everywhere, and so we are going to see this transformation into unhackable data, and I'm um, looking forward to that. Wow, that was great. Thank you very much. You did it. I appreciate it. I, I'm so surprised. I have quick time. One word. What did you drink over the holidays? Uh, Patrick Hickey, what was in your cup? One word, scotch. All right. And what about you, Ben Zimmerman? Traditional eggnog. Me too. Right out of the carton. I was telling the last segment, I haven't had it in years, and it was unbelievably good, filled with cream and sugar and nutmeg and, oh, can't beat it. I stopped buying it, thank goodness. And Peter Eber, what was in your cup over the holidays? It's always the organic latte. <laughs> oh, very, very good. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Peter. I want to thank our 15 smart, savvy, insightful panelists. And I have to do a special shout-out to Aaron Keller, our, our, our amazing engineer at World Talk Radio, the business channel. Aaron just is there for me. If I need guests brought in and skip a break in a segment, Aaron just does it. We're on a Skype chat the whole time. And thank you to Jackie Prowse, my wonderful, talented blogging colleague at, a writer colleague at SAP News Services, and she is going to be blogging the highlights of these. So everybody, Happy New Year. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Here's my call to action. I'll be back next Wednesday, the 10th of January with part four. Can you wait? I can't. So here's my here's my usual call to action. Nothing new, but I really mean it. Fasten your seatbelt. Don't drink and drive. That's okay. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. It's 2018. Let's make all of these great predictions happen. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.